Blog Talk Radio. There's a song I want to do right now that reminds me of my grandmother, and you've heard me tell my story how she prayed me through. When I got saved, when I got delivered from drugs and alcohol, my grandmother, she told me, she said, there's a song I want you to learn. And when you come back to my church, I want you to sing it. If it had not been for the for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety. And did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence. Because we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified, that you might be glorified. That your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people 
We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's, God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord. Where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize like never before, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, more than anything we know, uh, we need you, Jesus. Uh, while men are trying to find, God, uh, solutions to this chaotic world, God, uh, we're looking to you. Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer, and Jesus sure that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
but not defeated. Cast down, but not destroyed. Their times I don't understand, but I believe it's turning around for me. That struggle and disappointment. There times I felt so alone. Some of my friends they let me down, but I still believe it's turning around for me. Around for me, around for me, around for me, it's turning around.
And, Lord, not just because if I keep my mind on you, you're going to keep me in perfect peace. But I want to keep my mind on you because I love you. I want to keep my mind on you because you're worthy. I don't want nothing taking your place. Nothing of the natural taking the place of God. Because there's nothing that really can take his place. Not in the natural. Yeah. Now, the flesh feel that way. Because the flesh feel like, well, if I do this, if I go shopping, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be happy. That's temporarily. That's only for a short period of time. It won't continue because you can't shop every day like that. Most of us, we don't have that. I'm talking about the faithful few. We, we, we don't have that kind of money. Yeah, that we can go out to Macy's and these different places and just shop, shop, shop. We can't go to coach and shop, shop, shop. But if we'll keep our mind on God, we can keep that spirit high as long as you want to. It's up to you. You can turn it loose when you get ready or keep it as long as you want to. Flesh should tell you, oh, that's for some time. You you don't need that right now. You need to shop. You don't need that right now. You need to uh, uh, see about this. You don't need that right now. You need to check on that. No, I, I need to keep my mind on it. Hallelujah. I need to lift him up. I need to praise him. I need to meditate in his word and on his word. I need to remember what his word said concerning me and trust what his word said. Believe it. Quote it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. That Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, I'm telling you, for years and years has blessed me. I've had some hard days. My flesh told me some things about me. <laughs> Hallelujah. It told me some things about my children and how my children feel about me. It told me how people talk about me. It told me many things. Now, some of this stuff wasn't a lie. It was the truth. So I had to face the truth. But it set me free. Hallelujah. The truth about me set me free. I couldn't be looking at other people those talking about me. The negativity in my family. I, I, I couldn't hold on to that. I had to move past that. And it took Jesus. It took God to move me past that. I couldn't do it on my own. But as I continued to go to him, and I continued to ask him to fix me, because I can't fix other people. And bless them to be able to forgive me. Because if they don't forgive me, you won't forgive them. And if I don't forgive them, you can't forgive me. Huh? So I never leave me out of the equation. I never leave me out of that. When it comes to the wrongdoings, no, nah, I can't just point my Oh, you did me like this. Oh, you did. No, nah, I got to look back. Because I've done somebody wrong. Hallelujah. But it's the hypocrites. It's, it's, it's these people... Uh, that think because they got <clears throat> a little bit in this area right here that appears to be good, all the other areas that's bad, <clears throat> they ignore those areas and just focus on the areas in their life that they feel is perfect. But who have you done wrong? Who have you not forgiven? 
Why is it we can't keep our mind on God daily? What, what, what's happening in our lives is so great that we need to leave God over here and we come to him when we want him. It's as if we put him in a box and sit him in the corner and we tell him when to come out. Yeah, you just sit right over there in the box and when I need you, I call you. Without making a move. Without speaking a word. But all of this is in your mind. And God sees. He sees what's in your heart. And really the mind is the heart. But God sees this. He sees this. Because he knows the very intent of our heart. So we want to keep our mind on him today. He's going to keep us in perfect peace. We can't plan for tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised to us. We have today. So we working, and that's what happened a lot of times. We're trying to plan out our future. You can't do it. What you got to do is operate in today. Be concerned about today. Walk in him today. Walk in the spirit today. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Focus on him today. Get in the word today. Believe that word. Let me tell you, and you you often heard me say this. When I'm reading, I'm there. When I'm reading the word, I'm there. And I like to sit up on the mount, the huge mount. Jesus right here teaching. And I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to the teaching, and I'm eating something. Y'all know I love food. I may have an apple, a pear, a popcorn, whatever. But I'm sitting there, and I'm listening. And I'm believing every word that he says. And it has helped me over the years. I have been blessed through the word of God. Yeah. And, and I know it appears to be boring to many, but look here, you got to get in there. Yeah, you, you, you got to get in there. And once you get in there, then you will get to see. Once you go there, I'm going to put it that way. You go there and be there. I want to show you this, and then we're going to move on because we have Dr. E.B. here today and a wonderful message. But... I want to go here right quick. I'm looking at Acts chapter 2. And I'm looking at verse 1. And this is what it says. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, me being there, I could see all the 12 sitting there. And I could see more people, you know, around them, walking, whatever. But I see them right here. Verse 2 says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. I could see that. I'm right there. I see when it happened. Because I believe this word. Verse 3 says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, <clears throat> and it set upon each of them. I could see that. Yeah. 
4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I could see that. Verse 5 says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. And verse 6 says, now, see, what, what, I, they, 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 that was dwelling there. There were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under him. I could see all the multi-different nationalities there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Verse 6 says, now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together. And were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. I could see this. Because I'm right there looking. For me, it's like a movie being played. Yeah, it, it's like an actual movie being played. I'm right there with them. I see what's going on. I can feel the, their presence. Because the Bible is not just a book. It's the word of the true and living God that have all power. The God that there's no higher power than him. He sent his word. He didn't, he didn't touch nobody. He sent his word and the word healed him. And that's what the word, it, it does for us. Thank you, Brother Lewis, for posting script. <laughs> the word heals us if we'll get in there and stay in there and remember it and believe it. The word, David said, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. And the reason he said might not, because sometimes we'll override the word. Sometimes we know what the word say and we remember, but, you know, it's my thing today. I'm going to do what I want to do. But he sent his word and his word healing. I got to keep going to the scripture for gluttonous. If I keep going to that scripture for gluttonous and I keep believing it, and I put what it says to work. I put it into effect, the weight coming off easy. Because a lot of people, how did they get converted? They heard that drinking was wrong, smoking was wrong, getting high was wrong, and they stopped because the word said so. So anything we want to get rid of, let the word heal us. Stay in it. Don't 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 get out the word to my uh I'm I'm finna do this for a few minutes. No, because you're gonna do it longer than that. Because the more you do it, the more the flesh gonna enjoy, the less you're gonna stay in the word, the less you're gonna let the word come up in your life, because your flesh is being pleased. We got to battle this flesh daily. I'm not talking about sometime because I know it. I know mine. And your flesh is no different from mine. <laughs> we was made in his image. He made us all for his pleasure. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John 15 and 3 says, Now we are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Over in John, I think it's, I, I, I want to say 8 and I wanted to say 38, but it's down round in there, and the word says this over there. Sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is truth. Clean us, cleanse us, 
through your truth, God. Your word, cleanse us through the word. Because your word is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's the truth that set us free, not the lie. Not the fake maybe, you know. It's the truth. And then the people are lie before they tell the truth because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth is embarrassing. But what you doing these days, somebody unemployed, ain't working, I don't know when, getting unemployment, barely making it. What you doing these days? Oh, I got a this and a that kind of business. Because they are too ashamed to say I'm on unemployment, been on it for a while, haven't found another job. But I'll tell you the truth. I'm on unemployment. I haven't worked in a while, but God provides. Nothing has gotten turned off. Still got electric, still got water, you know, still got food. I may have to use food stamps. But, hey, I'm eating every day, and I'm going out looking for a job or online looking for a job. And after I look and apply for so many, I'm up, and, Lord, what would you have me to do? Or sometimes, Lord, what would you have me to do? And then I start job hunting. But that truth will set us free. Because if I tell you the truth, I don't have to come back with another lie to cover that first one I told you. Thank you, Brother Lewis. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through that truth. That word is truth. But we got to get in that word and stay. I was praying yesterday, Lord, let me get in the word. Let me be hungry and thirsty for your word. And help me to apply this word to my everyday life just the way you want me to live it. See, we go to God for real, for real, and stop going in our feelings. Tell him what you need, what you feel you need. Tell him what you feel you want. He'll open a door and make a way for us to have all of that and more. Oh, yeah. He's that kind of God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I uh, just wanted to share that a little bit this morning uh, because there are some of you, some great uncommon blessings are coming your way within the next few days. Listen, listen. Uncommon blessings. You never had this like this before. And if you keep your mind on God, he's going to keep you in perfect peace. Even when this blessing, I'm going to say drop, when God bless you, you're going to know what to do with it. You're going to know what areas to use it in. You, you, you're going to use it wisely. Yeah. I, 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 I even see land falling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I see money. Healings. I even see callings coming forth. People speaking it out their mouth where God said they are. They're not wrapped up into the title of it, but they're seeking God to, to, to do the work. How do you want me? Yeah, all of this is falling. Uncommon blessings. Uncommon miracles. is falling for you. But we got to get with God. 
We got to get in his word and obey that word. Put that flesh under subjection. Obey that word so your blessings and miracles can come for us. See, we just want God to bless us. We're not going to do nothing. Uh, I'm going to talk about you. You know, people know I'm saved, but where are the fruit of your labor? Do you labor before the Lord? Because, see, when you work for him, he's going to pay you greatly. There's nothing you can't ask for. If you need it, he's, he's not going to supply. Some things you just want it, but it'll work together for your good. God will just give it to you. I'm not telling you what they told me. I'm not telling you what the preacher preached, the Sunday school teacher taught. I'm telling you from experience. This has happened to me. The last two weeks, I'm telling you, I wanted to go to the prison. Because it's a blessing. I wanted to go. Didn't have the money. What I tell you, he made a way where there was no way. <laughs> I didn't see no way. But he made a way for the work. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He made a way that his work would be done, that his will would be fulfilled. Because I was willing to go and do it. I need to start taking pictures when I get ready to go. I dress better going to the prison than I would going to church. I'm going to do the will of him that said that. I sit up high in my truck. Woo! Because he's leading God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. He is leading and guiding me. He sent me. Nothing can stop me. Nothing going to get in my way because he sent me. And I'm proud. I'm happy <laughs> to go do his will. I feel some kind of way, as they say. Uh, but it's a good way I'm feeling. And when I turn around, he has blessed me. Yeah. He has blessed me. When things are not all the way the way that I want them, all I got to do is wait on him. <laughs> sometimes I tell him about it Sometimes I don't say nothing I just wait Because he know I'm waiting on him I trust him with all my heart And lean not to my own understanding And all my ways I gotta acknowledge him Because without him I can do nothing He's gonna direct my path He's gonna show me the way to go He's gonna show me what to do it may not be an audio voice I hear, but this thing going to come up strong in my spirit. And when I do it, I'm blessed. I'm coming out just that quick. As they say in a New York second, they say that's real fast. Because he's on my side today. And he's for me. And if God be for me, he's more than the whole world against me. Yeah, he, he's more than the whole world against me now. And you too. And he loved you today. He loved you today. And he just want us to show him our love. You know, it's a bad marriage that people married and living together, but nobody show each other love. Every man for himself and God for us all in the house. What I mean by that, uh, the husband got to fix his own lunch, his own breakfast, his dinner. He got to do his own laundry. Yeah. 
but he may as well pay bills. I, I mean, may as well not pay bills over there because guess what? But he paid bills because he lives there and he wants the electric and the water and the phone. They have internet over there. So he wants that, so he pays the bills. The wife works every day, but when she gets off work, she goes to half an hour with the girls. But they married, living in the same house. They have separate beds now because, hey, we just together. That's bad. In order for me to stay in a relationship, you got to show me love or I'm gone. And they taught me it's a bad wind that never changed. In other words, it's a bad person who never wants to change. Because if you don't want to learn and do better, they told me you're a fool. Sanctifies today, God, through that truth. But that word is true. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, I'm going to this quick one uh, request. And uh, when we come back. We're coming back with Dr. E.B. Hill. Are you ready for God? That's the title of the message. Are you ready for God? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going in with Dr. E.B. Hill this morning, and his message again is, are you ready for God? Hallelujah. What I have, he gave me. What I know, he taught me. Where I am, he brought me. And who I am, he made me. Because when he knocked at my heart, I said, yes, Lord, come into my heart. God will take over. God will save you. God will bless you. But you must take advantage when he knocks at you. I want to preach tonight from the 16th chapter of the book of Luke. The 16th chapter of the book of Luke. Luke, the 16th chapter. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say wait. <laughs> and if you have the 16th chapter, then the 19th verse. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of souls and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, 
neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. I have chosen to speak not only from that passage of scripture, but from the subject when opportunity lies at your door. When opportunity lies at your door. I am persuaded that we're living in and at a time where we have lost the concept of Christian service. And we are not only saved, but we are saved to serve. We're saved to do something. God has not only made us a part of his kingdom, and we are not only heirs and sons and daughters of his kingdom, but we have chores to do. My mama, who re reared me, would give me chores. Now, to you who are young and don't know what chores are, that's work before you go to work. You have to get up and slop the hogs and feed the cows and feed the chickens and pack water and cut wood and then go and pick cotton. Now the chores were done because you are part of the family. You didn't get paid for the chores. Mama never paid me for chopping wood, not slopping the hog. But you are paid because you are a member of the family. And we who are saved, we have chores to do while we rejoice in the God of our salvation. Now rejoicing in the God of our salvation, yes. Rejoicing to the God of our salvation, yes. But we are also saved for service. Our Bible tells us tonight, first of all, that there was a certain rich man whom we have learned to call Divy. And uh, this was a very rich man, according to the Bible. He possibly lived in a castle-type mansion with these gates around with guards. This man was rich, and he fared sumptuously every day. Every day his meal was a gourmet's delight. Every day people who helped him, his valets and others, would come and bring him purple and fine linen and suits and garments for him to wear. And uh, every day whatever he had or whatever he wanted was his for the asking. And you have to be very careful because as God blesses us, he also provides for us an avenue to be a blessing. As I have said over and over, when God blesses you, he seldom has you in mind. When God blesses you, he seldom has you in mind. If God can get it through you, he'll send it to you. And the reason why God hadn't sent something to some of you is he knows he can't get nothing 
through you. God does not mind you being a channel through which the water flows, and he doesn't mind your roots being watered as the water passes by, but he doesn't want you to build no dam and a reservoir where it won't pass on to the others down the road. And you don't have to get worried. You don't have to get worried. You don't have to dam up the blessings that God has sent you. You don't have to get one key bill after another. You don't have to buy one uh, stole after another uh, as if there are no more coming because God blesses us out of the riches of his grace. I mean, he ain't running short. He's not in deficit spending. He doesn't have no trillion-dollar debt because whatever God needs, all he has to do is say, come forth. And he's so much God until he can call worlds without end. See, President Reagan has a problem, and he's in debt, and we're in debt because he can't say, come forth. Or he can say it, but ain't nothing going to come forth. But the God I serve, I said the God I serve, somebody out there ought to know him. I said you ought to know him. If you know him, he deserves an amen. The God I serve can take care of you and can take care of you and take, take care of you and you and you and you and you and have enough to take care of all of the rest. I mean, he's rich. I said he's rich. And so this rich man had all of this, and he overlooked a very important matter that is being overlooked today, and that is at his gate, there laid a beggar by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was not only a beggar, but he was in poor health, and he was full of souls. And he only asked the innkeepers that uh, when uh, Dives and his guests are through eating, uh, would you give me the crumbs? Would you give me the crumbs? But he never received any crumbs. And it says here, and the dogs had pity on him, and they licked his souls. And so here we have a rich man with a Lazarus at his gate. Now I suppose, first of all, he had to sin because he was laying at his gate. He could not say I didn't see him because right there as the gates would open and close, he would see him laying at the gate. He saw this hungry man full of sores with dogs licking his sores laying at his gate. And it didn't bother him. It didn't bother him. 
I suppose that he said, uh, the Red Cross ought to do something about this. Amen. I suppose he said that the Salvation Army ought to come out here. I imagine he even said, wonder what the church folk doing here with this beggar laying at my gate. Why they're not out here? Missionary workers and what have you. And get this man, but this Bible does not record that he did anything for this beggar who laid at his gate. First of all, he was not of his social status. If this had been somebody at his gate whom he knew, if this had been a child of a friend, a brother, a cousin, he may have taken him on the inside. But he didn't know him. He was not of his social status. He was not of his economic status. He probably was not of his political status. He was probably not of his color. And he let it lay at his gate. And he did not know that God was going to use Lazarus as his criteria by which he was going to judge him. And so some things that are laying at your gate, God put them there to judge you, to have a witness against you to let it be the criteria by which he shall judge you. Some problems that churches are having that you are members of. Some of you are members of churches that are having financial problems. And God has arranged it in order to test the liberality of those who shout to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I always arrange my offerings right after the shout. because I want to test our liberality. Shouting that doesn't go pocket deep will not go heart deep. Love that won't make you give ain't love at all. Say amen, women. Y'all know about that, don't you? I was trying to teach our deacons about how to be loving to their wives, and I said, take them flowers and and uh, take them candy. And so one of my deacons took his wife some flowers. And she called me and she said, Reverend, my husband is having a nervous breakdown. I said, what's wrong with him? He said, standing up here at the door with some flowers. And we've been married 50 years and he ain't never brought me no flowers. I said, well, no, uh, sister, that isn't what happened. I talked. Uh, in the deacon's meeting, how they ought to be kind to their wives. And I told them to bring them flowers and candy. She said, Reverend, after 50 years, check is all I need. Just check. Just, just check. If I, if, I, if I want flowers, I'll get them. Just, just tell him bring that check right here like he's been bringing it. But there are tests. I want you to hear me. There are various kinds of tests that God lays at our door. And the purpose of putting them there is not so much for us to help them as it is for to test us. 
Praise his holy name. Some of us have mothers and fathers. And I would have that I would have the time to tell you how God, and maybe I'll take the time. I knew my father for the first time when I was 16 years old. I'd never met him. He and my mother separated when I was a year, a year and a half. And I never met my father until I was 16. And when I met him, he gave me $2. And that's all my daddy ever gave me, to my knowledge, in a lifetime, was $2. And I appreciate that. But I never knew him. And I hated my father. Because he left my mother, I was reared up without a real father. And some of you men who have children, make sure you stay close to them. And you wives who have husbands who have other children, let them take care of both sets. Amen. Because you never know what hate can build up in the heart of a fatherless child. I got many beatings because the other boys in the community knew I didn't have no father. And so they jumped on me. And I slept a many nights scared because I didn't have no daddy to say everything was all right. And I didn't have a dad to look forward to getting shoes and shirts. So I had to wear whatever the people in the community would give to me. And I came up with hatred in my heart against my father. And then I was called to preach and I started pastoring a church at 20 years old. And I discovered that he was in Houston with me. And uh, he was going around telling the people that after all the money he had spent on me, educating me, I became a preacher, a worthless preacher, he said. And he hadn't given me but two dollars. So in those days, I knew how to curse. And I sent him back some befitting words to describe how I felt about him. And they were truthful. And they don't need to be lying now. I mean, they, this is truth. I sent some befitting words, some Texas explanationary words. <laughs> and I said, if you go east and I go west, We'll never meet. And I, I didn't have any problem with my religion. I didn't have no problem with my Christianity. And I was pastor of a church. But I hated my daddy. And I, the last thing I would ever want to do was to see him. Because I hated my daddy. And then one day the telephone rang. And my cousin, who kept up between us, she said, Ed, your daddy is sick. I said, well, then take care of him. I hung up. And then a little later on, she called about a month later and said, I'm telling you again, your dad is in the hospital and he's sick. And I can't do nothing with him. I can't take him into my house and he's got to get out of the hospital. And I don't know if I've ever had an agony uh, like that agony. I said to my cousin, well, what do you expect me to do? And she hit me below the bell. She said, well, Reverend, (laughs) 
I thought you would know what to do since you are a God-called man. I said, now don't try to pull nothing like that on me. You... I don't know no Will Hill. My, my father was Papa who tried to raise me. Died when I was 11 years old. So I don't know no daddy. And she said, you can argue all you want to, but your daddy is in the hospital. And he's an alcoholic. And he's had a stroke. And you need to go see about it. I said, you've been taking care of me. She said, but I've come to the end of my road. And I had to go to the hospital. And I had to ask to see a man that I never wanted to see. And they showed me this man in his bed. And he was full of alcohol and full of ammonia and had a stroke. And I had to pick him up with my hand and mess up my clothes and pack him to my car. And all the way there, he made me mad. Now be careful. Be careful. Don't let me drop. I started to say, I wish I could find a place to let you drop. And I had to take this man in my house. I hear some of you holier than thou out there saying, well, that's nothing. You ain't had to do that. You wait until your day comes, and I hope it never comes. I had to take this man that I hated, that mistreated my mother, that made my mother have to work like a dog. I had to take him in my house and put him in my guest bedroom. And for almost a year, I had to take care of him. God can put a Lazarus at your door. Amen, lights. And he put him there. And my wife, who was working, had to cook, and we had to clean and cook and clean. And he had no money. And we were making no money hardly. And we had to take it and take care of it. And after three or four months, I began to like him because I began to see myself in him. And when we'd go upstairs, my wife would say, ain't but one problem, you just him all over again, that's all. <laughs> and she began to call me him, you old stubborn Will Hill. <laughs> and I began to see myself in him and we began to talk and he began to tell me about history and how he used to drive a congressman of the United States and how he knew Washington, and we got into all of that. And I found a place to take care of him. And then finally I fell in love with him. And before he died, he got called to preach. And then when all of that was out of my system, and when all that hate was gone, and when I loved the old man, and when I enjoyed going out to see the old man, God said, uh, by the way, uh, you know he has some money. Now I said, well, I sure wish you had let me know 
a year ago. Because a year ago, had I known he had any money, I didn't know he had any money and could get no money, but had I known a year ago that he had no money, he'd never come in here. I could have just taken him home to some place and dumped him out and said he has money and y'all take care of him. But God arranged. God said, my problem is not your daddy. That ain't my problem. My problem is getting the stuff out of you. You can't preach no whole gospel with hate in your heart. So I've got to get it out of you. How in the world will you preach 20 years from now on Trinity Broadcasting? about love and a pure heart if your dad had died with you hating him. The Lord said, I had to take a whole year to get you straight, to break down your pride, to break down your hatred, and to get love and loving someone whom you have hated is no easy job but ah, the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. Grace of God can work on the inside. Hallelujah. And so when I got him where I loved him and he knew the Lord and everybody, the Lord said, now here's the money. You can stop paying it out of your wife's check and your check, and he can start paying it out of his check because I have resolved it. And so that's what I'm saying. God lays a Lazarus at our door. And some of you have one right now as an opportunity lying at your door. You call it a curse. But it's an opportunity. You call it a, 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 a burden, but it's an opportunity. And he lays it at your gate. Now, according to the scripture here, he didn't help Lazarus at all. He let Lazarus lay at his gate and beg for crumbs. Bless his name. But according to this scripture here, Lazarus died. And when Lazarus died, there was no large funeral. He did not have any earthly possessions. But thank God he had a heavenly possession. possession. But the Bible says angels came down and carried him to Abraham's bosom. Couldn't afford a crumb, but was provided angelic escort. Why don't you say amen? amen. I said angelic escort. Some glad morning. When this life is over, we're going to have angelic escort. Ain't that wonderful? He said he died, and in verse 22, they carried him to Abraham's bosom. But in that same verse, 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words. And the rich man died and was buried. Amen. No angelic escorts. Ain't no angels going to escort you to hell. You just going back. Amen. The only hell a Christian will ever have is here on earth. The minute death strikes our body, an angelic escort will carry us from earth to glory. Bless him, bless him. But this rich man died. Now, it's not in here, so don't look for it. But let me use my sanctified imagination. This rich man died. And they had a great big church funeral at one of these dead churches. Amen. And the Rotarians talked about his great work. And the Knights talked about his great work. And the councilman talked about his civic responsibility. And the mayor declared it a day in Divey's honor. And all of the bigwigs with their limousines were out there and escorted him to the grave, but there were no angels to escort him to glory. Without Christ, you can get escort to the graveyard, but not to heaven. Oh, bless his name. Then the next time we heard from him, he said, in hell. Amen. Fine linen in hell. Wearing fine linen and purple every day in hell. In hell. Eating sumptuously every day, but in hell. My brothers and sisters, I'd rather suffer with the people of God for a season than to enjoy sin for just a little while. In hell. Now, First of all, this proves that hell is a place. Folks going around, it's just a state of mind. You catch all of it down here. No, you won't catch more than that. You are going to a place. Hell is a place. It's a place where there's no love of God. It's a place where there's no mercy of God. It's a place where there's no grace of God. It's a place where there is always misery forever and ever and ever and ever. Hell is a place. Then he said, I lifted up mine eyes. You can see in hell. And he said, I was in torment. You can feel in hell. Amen. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, you can remember in hell. He looked and he said, he said, look young, look young. There is that fellow that laid at my gate, full of souls. That poor fellow. 
And all of a sudden he got a lapse of understanding. He said, Abraham, send that poor fella, that underprivileged person that laid at my gate, have him bring me some water. Abraham said, he ain't no servant no more. He fetched water on earth. He picked cotton on earth. He sawed wood on earth. But he's in glory. And you are in hell. And your money don't count up here. Your power don't count up here. You are not Lord up here. Jesus is Lord. Thank God. Thank God. I said, thank God. Some of y'all ain't no never fast sumptuously, but get saved. Some of y'all ain't no never have no fine linen and purple, but get saved. Some of y'all ain't no never have the crumbs from the rich folks' table, but get saved. I said, get saved. And when the angels come, oh glory, when the angels come to carry you home, my old parents used to sing, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for the carry me home. I looked over yonder and what did I see? A band of angels coming after me. Now remember now, on earth he was full of souls, souls all over his finger. But while he got in hell, he said, let him dip that soul finger in water and come and put that soul finger on my tongue. Yes, and somebody said, now what would one drop of water from a soul finger? First of all, the finger ain't so no more. <laughs> Death took that away. He's got a glorious finger now. And he said, now what good would one drop of water, one drop of God's water can cool all scorching hell? Just one drop, not a bucket, not a river. God is so powerful that one drop, hey, one drop of his grace can save Indianapolis. One drop of his mercy. Not a whole lot. Just one drop. Just one look. Just one look. Abraham said, I'm sorry, but that can't happen. It can't happen. 
you had your chance. And I may be preaching to somebody tonight, this is your chance. I might be preaching to somebody in Portland, Oregon, where I just left, or in Los Angeles, or in Mississippi. This is your chance. Because at your door, may not be a Lazarus, it may not be a daddy, it may not be a homeless, at your door might be salvation. And you pass by it every morning, every night, every morning, every night, and salvation is at your gate. Your mom is praying for you. The church is praying for you. Paul is praying for you. Jan is praying for you. PTL is praying for you. TBN is praying for you. Billy is praying for you. And you're just walking by every night, every day. Some of you are even boasting about that. I went to that revival and he didn't touch me. It's laying at your gate. And it will be the yardstick the criteria by which God will judge you. God will say, weren't you down there in that auditorium in Indianapolis when Paul and Jan was there? Uh-huh. And then they tell you come to Jesus? Uh-huh. And you didn't come? Uh-huh. Strike. Weren't you at the Southwood Alligator Baptist Church and they were having revival <laughs> and the evangelist said, come to Jesus? And you didn't come? Uh-huh. Strike two. Weren't you at the Billy Graham crusade way up in the second balcony and Billy said, come on down and give your life to Christ and you came down and went to the parking lot? Uh-huh. Strike three. And just strike four, strike five, strike six, strike seven. Many of you have let salvation on the radio, on television, in the newspaper, on the street corners, lay at your gate. And from hell, hallelujah, I said from hell. I mean by that when you get to hell. From hell, revivals are going to look good. From hell, Sunday school is going to look like you ought to have been there. From hell, prayer meeting will be crowded out. From hell, everything that you should have done will be what you ought to do, but you can't do because you can't get out of hell. Because he said there is a big God. And those over here can't get over there. And those over there can come over here. But since you decided to go to hell, you are in hell. You can't come up here, and I ain't going to let Lazarus go down there. Yes, sir. So you're in hell. How long? Forever. He said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Abraham, since I have you on the line. Could you let somebody go to my house? Look at this arrogant, presumptuous person in hell giving orders. Would you go to my house 
and tell my five brothers who were in line with me, and the only reason why they ain't here, I died first, because we were all in the hell-bound line. Tell my brothers, don't come here. Don't come here. They said, no. They have Moses and they have the prophets. He said, I know they have those. I've heard them myself and I didn't pay no attention to none of them. And they won't then if they don't hear Moses and if they don't hear the prophets, they will go to hell also. He said, but oh, Abraham, if somebody would just come up from the dead like Lazarus and go to them, they will be convinced. No. No, they won't. No, they won't. Here we are 2,000 years later. He died on Friday. He was buried. He died. He was dead. He was buried. He rose. And yet half of Indianapolis still don't believe the report. They won't. Even if the dead rise. What's at your gate tonight? Number one, it's the opportunity to be saved. Number two, it's the opportunity to save somebody. Number three, it's an opportunity to support God's program. It's an opportunity to live a Christian life. All of these are at your gate, and they are opportunities. That's what they are. They are opportunities. And if you take advantage of them, you can be saved. If you take advantage of them, God will bless you. Look, Lazarus moves from sores and hungry to a citizen of glory. Ain't that good news? And God saved me. And I was reared in a log cabin. And here I am in Indianapolis. God can bless you. And God will bless you. And God will bless you over and over. I know he will. I said I know he will. Because what I have. He gave me what I know. He taught me where I am. He brought me and who I am. He made me because when he knocked at my heart, I said, yes, Lord, come into my heart. God will take over. God will save you. God will bless you. But you must take advantage when he knocked. At your door. From us to glory, you can go and be ready to go tonight.
preach tonight or talk tonight from the subject and I want to talk very personally to you what to say to the devil when he talks with you what to say to the devil and I did not say when he attempts to talk to you I said when he talks to you for I 
mean to uh, emphatically insert that he talks to all of us. He seems to have a special line to me, but he talks to everybody. He's there when you go to bed, and he tries to give you a bad thought just before you go to bed. It's the reason why you shouldn't listen to all these crazy midnight movers. And he's there to give you a bad word, a bad thought when you rise in the morning. And one of the problems that Christians are having in their sanctifying process or in their being, becoming sanctified, cleansed, is the constant talking, conversation, and hearing of the devil speak. Now I'm also certain that there is a devil. Uh, he, he's a very real devil. And what I want to try to get over tonight in this Founders Week of this great institution that's known throughout the world for its preaching is what do I say to the devil when he talks to me? And what should you say to Satan when he talks to you? And how can we cause him to run, to leave us alone. You'll recall, of course, that this passage of Scripture comes chronologically right after Jesus has been baptized. This glorious experience where Jesus in Jordan was baptized by John. You'll also record that the uh, heavens opened, which was a thrilling uh, experience. You'll also remember that the dove descended, the Holy Spirit descended as in the form of a dove and lit upon his shoulder. And then you'll remember the voice of God with the heavens open coming out saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And what a glorious occasion. I try to imagine just for a moment. God gave you your imagination, so go on and use it. Uh, try, try to imagine for a moment this experience of standing in the waters and the heavens open and the audible voice of God. Suppose right now the ceiling would open and the voice of God would say, this is. Well, there wouldn't be anybody in there left in that ceiling. <laughs> that ceiling would start opening, I think all of us would get out of here. But just imagine the tremendous impact that that must have had on the life of John and upon Jesus himself, for he was both human and divine. And then that gives me my first point, that you must always be very careful, and particularly those of you as students and young preachers, you must always be very careful of those high moments of ecstasy, those high experiences with God, those high moments where you preach so until you look like you cut off and God just talked and the people heard nothing but God because immediately after that the scripture says and he was led not to become pastor of a great church he was led not to preach for the Southern Baptist Convention but he was led in the wilderness to be tempted 
And you have to always, and we're not, we're never prepared for anything bad to happen to us once we've had these high moment experiences. These high moment experiences, we are never prepared for anything. But he is led, and listen to what the scripture says, he is led by the Spirit. He is led by the Spirit. The Spirit subjects him to these next 40 days and 40 nights. He is led by the Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God, is led by the Spirit into this mountainous, wilderness, desert, arid, hot place that we now call the Mount of Temptation. And it is this place that the Spirit, who is God the Spirit, led Christ, who was then both man and God, it was the Spirit who led Jesus to such a place for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of this 40 days and 40 nights, picture, if you will, broken skin, scorched skin, lips, uh, swollen and cracked uh, because he was in fact human, dehydrated from the lack of water and from the heat. At this broken period, at this weak period, at this moment when, 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 when he needed to be ministered unto, the devil approaches. Now always remember that the devil knows when to approach you. In Satan's mind, Satan said, this is the moment. Forty days and forty nights of fasting, this is the moment. And he knows our moments. It may not be after forty days of fasting. It may not be after this problem or that problem, but he knows the moment. And he has no compassion. He has no sympathy. I, I would imagine in my own life, the worst time the devil ever hit me was uh, the last five minutes of my first wife's life here on earth. Uh, the doctor came and said, your wife has about five more minutes. I said, uh, doctor, here, would you like to come out of the room? I said, no, let me stay right where I am. And uh, so the doctor told the nurse, just let's leave him by himself. But you know, I, I don't know, I, I just, uh, I couldn't figure it out. I just assumed that since he knew, according to the doctor, that my wife's moments were ticking away, that I had less than four minutes to see her in, in life, I just assumed that the devil would, even the devil would have compassion, and, and, and even the devil would say, leave him alone. But do you know, in those last four minutes of my wife's life, the devil tormented me more than he had ever tormented before. Right quickly, he said, aren't you Evie Hill? Yes. Aren't you the one that has prayed for other people? Yes. Well, there's your wife. Pray for her. Why don't you pray for her? Why don't you stop her? Why would you let her die? You've prayed for people, and people have said tumors have been removed. You've prayed for people, and people who were dying turned around and lived 12 years. Now, there is your wife. Why don't you pray for her? You must be a fake. That's what the devil said to me in the dying moments of my wife. And I literally thought in my mind. No, I didn't think it. I saw it. I saw him right over by the window. And I was on the 12th floor. 
and he was at the window. And I thought that I would just jump and grab him and go straight through the window. I knew I'd kill myself, but I'd carry him with me. The devil has no compassion. Don't run with him. He comes up to Jesus, and look what he does. He raises the sonship question of Jesus. He says to Jesus, after looking him over, after seeing his baked skin and his parched lips and what have you, he says, if thou be. He raises the sonship question with Jesus. Now, Satan himself knew that Jesus was and is the Son of God. Even when he testified later, thou Son of God, Son of David, and all of the other expressions that he made, it, made, he knew that Jesus was the Son of God. But he comes at this, what he thought, weakened moment, and said, uh, if thou be the Son of God. And you can be assured that if Satan tried to put an if in Jesus' head, you know what he'll do to your head, knowing that he was the Son of God. And he said, if thou be the Son of God. He says to Jesus, trying to take advantage of these moments that have been uh, very, very, very difficult, these 40 days and 40 nights, he says to Jesus, in other words, you need to, approve, to, to confirm or to prove that you are the Son of God. You need to settle in your heart and mind that you are the Son of God. That's what yes, you need sir. to do. Because to the devil, there didn't seem to be any evidence that he was the Son of God. After all, where, where were the trees? Where were the palms? Where was everything that's supposed to look like heaven? Where was the crystal sea? Where was the water? Why was the sun so hot? And so he uses all of these circumstances to put a question mark at Jesus saying, If thou be the Son of God. And those of us who are Christians have to be very, very careful about that because at our weakened moment, when bills are not paid, when body is not well, when mind is disturbed, when things are not coming out like you think they ought to come out, he'll come up and say, if you were a Christian, where's your bank account? Right. What are these little slips coming back to about insufficient funds? Where are you? Where is your water? Where is your yacht? Where is your condominium? Where is your gold? Where are your furs? If thou art a Christian, the devil tries to entrap us by believing we're not a Christian, by suggesting that if we were a Christian, then all of these material things would surround us. But I'm glad that I was fully grown before that kind of doctrine began to sweep over this country. I'm glad I was fully grown because I lived in a two-room log cabin. I could look through the ceiling and count the stars. I could look through the floor and count the ants. And when it got cold, I knew we had just a little heater in the middle of the floor. And Mom and I would gather around that heater. And we had no BMW to prove our salvation. We had no house to prove our salvation. We had no uh, 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 condominium on the lake in Chicago to prove our salvation. But we knew, we knew, we knew we had been born again. Yes, 
And so he comes up and he says, If thou be the Son of God, then I tell you what you do. If you'll do this, everybody will believe you're the Son of God. Turn these stones to bread. Simple job. Turn these stones to bread. Now Jesus didn't do it. Jesus had several options in dealing with the devil. The first thing Jesus could have done when the devil approached him was just, Satan, be done. And he had enough power, he could have turned him into a lump of clay. But uh, we wouldn't have been bothered with him. But he could have said, Satan, be done. Go, be done. You're over, you're out. Does anybody here doubt Jesus having that power? He's God. I said, he's God. But he didn't do it. He could have called for help. He could have called for a legion of angels, thousands of angels, but he didn't do it. He could have shown the devil his glory, just pulled back his garments as he did on the day of figuration and showed him his gloriousness and Satan would have been blinded and ran backwards. But some of you think you are heavy enough to talk with Satan and you listen to him. You want to hear his side. You want to hear the pastor's side. You want to read a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You want to study a little bit about Eastern religions and Christianity. You want to mix it all up. I'm a one-sided person. Come on. Somebody says there are always two sides, not when dealing with God. But he didn't do none of that. He didn't turn those stones to bread, praise God. He did not take him on. He, he did not say, Satan, be done. He didn't show him his glory. He didn't call for help. He didn't try to talk with him. And you want to know why? Because he knew we couldn't do it. And he's our example in everything. And he had to deal with Satan in a manner in which you can deal with him. I can deal with him. Because if he had done something that only God could do, that would be fair. Don't subject me to something that only God can do. Do something that I can do. So Jesus had to do something that could, we could do. And I've come here to share it with us tonight because I want you to begin to run the devil out of your mind, out of your office, out of your business, out of your house. You can run him. You can run him. He doesn't have to hang around your place. You can run him out. You can't say be done, but you can say be gone. All right. Come on here. And it's right here in the scripture. And Jesus said, in dealing with Satan, it is written. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's all my sermon is. That's it. You're supposed to be shouting by that time. <laughs> It is written. Satan says, as Jesus says to Satan, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Check it out in Deuteronomy. He turns to him again and said, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He turns around again and said, you should worship God and God only. 
Because the one thing that can run the devil out of here, out of your life, out of your business, away from you when you're trying to meditate, is to know what is written and use what is written. Bible study is not just something enjoyable that you ought to do. It is a necessity. It is a requirement. If you're going to deal with Satan, he's not scared of your philosophy. He's not scared of your arguments. He's not scared of your analogies. He's not afraid of your this or that. But when you look him right in the eye and say, Satan, it is written. Yes, sir. And there's a number of things that he is punishing the church of God today about, the church of Jesus Christ. Number one, he's on us about our salvation. He walks up to us and says, you're not saved. You're not saved. You said this. You did this. You thought this. You did this wrong. Look him right in the eye and say, Satan, you are a liar. I have confessed with my mouth. I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. I am saved. And wait a minute. Before you run out of here, it is written, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And while you're going, let me tell you this. It is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You got to hit him, you got to hit him, you got to hit him, you got to hit him. Take your Bible and slap him. Take your Bible and slap him. When he takes you down, say, I'm not down, Satan. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I'm not down, Satan. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious because of workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down. I'm all right, Satan, for though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for God is with me. His rod, his staff, they are comfort me. Hit him. Hit him. Get your book and hit him. All right. And when he looks like he's going to hang around in your house, Get on your knee and plead the precious blood of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus in your house. And that rascal will run for he's afraid of the written word that talks about the blood. A baby lamb, a baby lamb can chase the ferocious lion up and down the hill and outside and across the meadow if he just has a little Bible in his mouth. One of the pictures I've had drawn recently is this great big old ferocious lion like a roaring lamb and a little lamb behind him with the Bible saying, Jesus wept. And this lion is just running for his life. Don't let him, don't, don't let him learn all of these rap songs. Don't let him learn all of these nasty phrases from a little baby. Let them learn Jesus loves me. From a little baby, let them learn the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. From a little baby, let them learn that Jesus said, I am that, that, that God said, I am that I am. And little bitty babies 
can keep Satan off of them if you train them from their cradles of the moment they can say, Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus, just Jesus. We'll run him, we'll run him, and we'll run him. I have whipped the devil to the end. And I don't want you praying and messing up my crossing. <laughs> hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him! I said hit him. Hit him in your home. Hit him in your marriage. Hit him as a child with the word of God. And the Bible says, and the devil fled from Jesus and angels came and ministered unto him and may it be this week may it be this night may it be in your life that every time he comes up if he comes up and says where is your rent money where is your food money you're broke tell him that's all right by God shall supply my every need hit him hit him to the glory of God Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hear him. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If God be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. And the enemy is going to show you some things day in and day out. The enemy is going to show you some things. He want to show you what you can't do, what you can't have, where you won't be successful. But the scripture says, greater is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. Again, if he be for you, he's more than the whole world against you. But just like Dr. E.B. Hill said, you got to hit him. And you got to hit him with the word and put him out. Don't entertain his conversation because, see, he's going to keep coming back to you with remember when. And a lot of times he don't say the words remember when. What he does is he tell you or show you or remind you of things you've done. Yeah. Remember when you used to sit on the, on the porch and drink Budweiser and smoke weed, Barbara? You weren't talking about Jesus then. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's low down and under the house dirty. You hear me? Barbara, remember when you used to go in the people bank and take their money and there was no money? Oh, he's dirty. He's dirty. But I give him this. If any man be in Christ, and I'm in Jesus today, Jesus Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. And behold, all things become new devil. Yeah, all things. The way I used to think, I don't think like that no more. The things I used to would do, I don't do that no more. I don't have a desire to club. He showed me one time, he said, hey, you know what? You can go in the club and save people. I didn't save me. How I'm saving people? <laughs> I couldn't save myself, so who else I'm going to save? You 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 can go in there and you know you'll see the weak ones and get them weak ones and talk to them. They gonna change. 
Yeah, they may change. They may pull their gun out and shoot. We right there. They never really wanted to ever shoot nobody, but here come the bullet for you. You you got to go to them. See, they not going to come in the house, in the church. You got to go to them. No, I don't. He didn't assign me to them in the club. He assigned me to Jesus in the morning and wherever he sent it, but it wasn't the club. Yeah. Ooh, just like Dr. E.B. Hill said, he is dirty. He said he thought that his wife, you know, she she passed him. And that the devil would have some compassion. Now, if we look at John 10, 10, it'll show us who got the compassion, Jesus. That devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. But don't listen to him. We can't entertain him. I'm talking about slick, cunning, soothing. And all the way he tell you the truth, he's banking on you not believing. Yes, sir, the bullet's coming for me. God ain't sitting in no club, brother Terry, the, the witness. What I'm doing over there? I don't win it myself. I ain't got no cover. I ain't got really no protection because I didn't consult him and he didn't send it. I'm on my own. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But what we got to do is remember this. Let's keep our mind on God. He's going to keep us in perfect peace. Look at this. I don't care what's going on. And I know you may have heard me say this before. The Lord took my oldest daughter to her rest, and I know where she at, and I know she's rested, and I know no more pain, no more sorrow, no more hurt, no more de- I know this. But every now and then, that thing come to me. Every now and then it come to me. I can see something that she and I are familiar with. And it's been updated. And I want to tell her, hey, we called her Coco. Coco, did you check this out? This is updated. I can send it to her Facebook page, email address, her phone even. But guess what? She'll never get it. She'll never see it, never hear it, never know about it. So I have to move past that. And remember, he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Even in the midst of this thing, that I'm missing my young one, as she gone on. Nothing I can do to bring her back. I got to trust God to get me through that day, get me through that afternoon, get me through that night. And each time he gives me strength. Yeah, it's been days when I cry because I miss her. Sometime early in the morning, she would call me with something funny. When TikTok first comes out, I was through with her, just through. I said, now, you know I got to do the morning show, and you send me this foolishness early in the morning. But we love to laugh, a, a good wholesome laughing. We're not going to laugh at nobody handicap or uh, nobody homeless or you don't have that. We, we're not going to laugh at no foolishness like that. But she was sending things. I said, let me go back in here and pray because I done laughed too much this morning. Yeah. And uh, 
God would come and strengthen me every time this try to come. Because I put my mind on him. I remember he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, every time that thing come, I'm faithfully giving it back to God. Because if not, that thing I have you on the floor weeping and hollering and uh, somebody has to come and help you. Because we love those that we that has gone on before us. I love my parents more now than I did when I was a child because I understand better now the type of parents that I had. And some days I repent for being a bad daughter to my parents because God gave me a set of good ones. He gave me a good daddy who loved me and took good care of me. Never wanted no harm to come and he always wanted to make sure he knew where I was and that I was safe. I'm trying to get him under the safety. I'm trying to go in the world and be bad. What you doing? Back up. I'm not telling him this, but these are my actions to myself. You know, I can't let you go over there. And I, I wouldn't say why, Daddy, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why? Okay, you say I can't go. I'm going to sneak over there. So some days I repent for being a bad daughter to good parents. And that's what we have to do with God. As often as you remember, even during the day, we repent to him for being bad children to a good parent. He's a great father. I never know no one who could outdo him in the parenting. It takes good care of his responsibility. Today, we are his responsibility because he made us for his pleasure. I feel all right right there. Amen goes right there this morning. Hallelujah. He'll take good care, but we have to allow him to. See, many of us, we, 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 we're doing him like I did my, my, my biological parents. We're trying to wiggle from under the ark of safety. We're trying to get from under. He's trying to keep me. Uh, no, I, I want to be kept. I, I want a club. I, I, I want to commit adultery. I want to fornicate. Stop it. I, I want to lie to the company I work for. I want to cheat on my taxes. Yeah, he's trying to hold us <laughs> in the ark of safety. We're trying to get from under it. We don't understand what we're doing. <laughs> Stay here. I'm going to cover you. I have to allow trials because you have to learn lessons. I have to teach you. And many times it's through a great trial. You have the experience. This is not what somebody told you. This is what you actually going through. And we said, no, I know, I don't want to learn. I, I, I want it like I got it. You do everything for me. I don't want to have to do nothing. I saw something this morning that said they were thankful that God woke them up. Thankful for another day. And he didn't wake them up for them, but he woke them up for someone else. See, he wakes us up every morning so we can work. And the work is not hard. It's being a blessing to somebody else. Oh, you don't understand that devil have no compassion, no love, no kindness. He's evil through and through. 
The week began on Monday. I couldn't make the show. I overslept on Monday. Monday and Friday, no, those two days you need to be here. If you don't make it Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Monday and Friday, you need to be here. Yesterday, he had a kid. But this is what I did. I had to do what I had. I said, now it's 4 o'clock. I'm going to stay up. I'm not going back to bed. Because today, I'm doing Jesus in the morning. This morning, he got me up right around 5. And I had said, oh, lay down to six. I said, no, 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 sister. Get on up. Get up. Because see, the devil, he, he, he's cunning. He, he's slick. He'll make you say, oh, it's okay that you rest today. Like Monday. Oh, it's okay that you overslept Monday. See, you went to the prisons on Sunday and you worked hard and you had to drive down there and drive back. And before you left, you had to get some things done. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that deep. It wasn't that heavy. It, it wasn't that much. But he tried to show you where. It, and if you believe that, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I went to the prison Sunday. I've been doing all the prayer requests and answering the phone. I've been counseling. I got new people." He, 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 you agree with the devil? Now you got to wake up. No, no, no. Uh huh. That wasn't all right for me to oversleep. Lord, forgive me. Because I see where my mistake was. I did all of that, but I stayed up too late. I know to go to bed where I can get up early. Father, forgive me for that and strengthen me and help me. And I thank you for forgiveness. And I'll get right up and go right on. Because, see, he will come to kill and steal and destroy if he could get in here and tear this up, ooh, we wouldn't have it. If he could put me against every one of y'all and put each one of y'all against me, oh, he's carried up, and he would be so happy. Yeah. But he can't do it. Why? It belongs to God. God have a purpose, a plan, and a system right here for us, this state for few. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of us. Some people don't never press the number one. They just sit back and listen every day. A lot of people overseas, they never come in. They never dial a number to come in and press the one. They sit back and listen to the whole show. Sometimes they, they don't even come in. They, they go through the archives and don't say nothing. They get their blessing and go on. They listen at the podcast, get their blessing and go on. See, because it's for them to be taught. It's for us to be taught, but we know and we need to speak out. We need to say something in God's defense. We need to say something on God's behalf. He's been good to us. I don't care what you've been through. We all been sick. I don't care what you've been through. We all done lost somebody. But again, this morning, great is he that lives within us. Is he living with than he that is in the world. I don't care what come against us. We got the risen Savior. We got Almighty God. We got the true and living God that have all power. We got his son, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah. So there's no need for me to have a conversation with the devil unless I'm kicking him out. 
unless I'm binding him up, unless I'm casting him back to the pits of hell. There's no need for me to sit and talk. Talk what? We're not on the same level. <laughs> We're not on the same level. We're not headed in the same direction. How can two walk together except they agree? I don't agree with him. I can't walk with him. I must keep my mind on God. Hallelujah. It's him that's going to keep me in perfect peace. They say I would make it. I, back in this almost 13 years ago now. Well, if she really is of God with all that talk she's doing, let's see if she lasts. They were praying for me to fall. Ooh, but look at God today. 13 years. Some of them failed. Some of them lost. But God kept me going because this was him and not me. I obeyed. I had a pastor one time. She kind of turned over to me because she was going through over her husband. Listen to this. Some woman told her to marry this man. And see, I don't understand all of that. You pastor and you say you got God. You he come aside letting him come on the Kawasaki. You saw him in the Mitsubishi. Oh, the tongue just rolling. But some woman told you you should marry this younger man. You done had 15 kids. He don't have one. And he's younger than you. And they told you to marry him. And you went for that. And you know what the scriptures say. You know the word. You ain't consult God. You went and consult your God, mama, or, or lady living, or whoever she was. I had another one to tell me the same thing. I'm like, what? why y'all listen to people and not God? This pastor ended up, I went over there, and when I told her what the word said, and, and I told them what God said, they got mad with me. So they had another prophet that they knew, and they brought the prophet in the house to see what the prophet would tell me. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, I got to get up out of here. This ain't God. This ain't how this go. Uh-uh. He sent me to bless you. You don't want the blessings because you don't want to change. Now, let me tell you what happened before I left there. The younger man that she married, he stopped coming home. He stopped bringing his paycheck home. She would go herself a Cadillac with this man money that he worked hard for, but wouldn't buy him a truck. He wanted a little SUV. See, now me, my way of thinking, maybe I'm, I'm crazy or something. You know, maybe I ain't got it right and I don't know all I thought I knew about marriage. Maybe that's the case. But my husband working hard and he provides for all of these kids that are not his and me. And he's the only one in the house working. And he makes good money. My first thought would be when he came to me and said, you know what? I want to get us an SUV. What kind? Pathfinder. Okay. Now, if I can afford a Cadillac, I know I could afford a Pathfinder. I don't want to got my husband his truck. And whatever car I was driving, I would it wasn't a bad car. I wouldn't have kept driving. I mean, I would have kept driving my old car, taking care of my husband, going on about my business. And when we got that paid off a couple of years later, if my car broke down or something, you know, before then I would have to have one. But other than that, I wouldn't have done it that way. So he went on 
Next thing you know, he had a woman of a nat- another nationality. And he had a son with this woman. Divorced the pastor and went on about his business. We got to be careful in everything. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he is going to direct your path. I don't care what the, the, the Pope tell me. I am going to go to God. I done had all kind of people to come and tell me all kind of things, but I'm going to God. And when they tell me something good, well, the Lord going to do this for you and he going to do that for you. He going to increase your territory. He going to bless you financially. I said, Lord, you heard what they say. Make it good. <laughs> Make it good for me, Lord. What they spoke positive, Lord, let it surface in the name of Jesus. And he does. Yeah, it's not what they say. It's not what they were talking about. Because they were telling me something that would please me. They thought. But I took it to the Lord in prayer, so I make sure I get it. Now I'm going to lie and profit. I don't need it. Yeah, I'm good. Glad I got Jesus down in my heart. So glad I got it for myself. So glad when I get in the word, I can go there. Yeah, on, when, on the day of Pentecost, you know, I can go there. I can go with John while he out baptizing unto repentance. But Jesus come and filled him, you see. Not only did he baptize him with water, but he baptized him with the Holy Ghost. See, I'm glad I could be there. And I feel all right this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody tell God thank you for our blessing because he's blessing us right now. Listen, we're going to one more request this morning. And uh, when we come back, the studio is open. We got some time. So if you have something you would like to say, maybe the word bless you this morning. Maybe you enjoyed Dr. Hill or uh, you want to hear more Hill or whatever it is. Press that number one and come in this morning. And uh, it's all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Irene, I tell you, I got a, a few hits for that song right there. I like it too, but I got quite a few requests to say that one. And uh, she sent that one to me. And uh, I thank God for good gospel music. Yeah, not I, but the Christ that lives in me. And we got to let the Christ that lives in us work in us. Yeah, let, 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 let him come up in us. Yeah. Ask him. Ask him to stir up himself in you and watch what happens. You're going to want to witness everywhere. You're going to want to tell everybody about everything, about God, what he did for you. Testimony, you, they, they can't shut you up because he stirred up the gifts in you. He stirred up his spirit in you, and that's what we need today. And let me tell y'all something. I know a lot of us see all this new wave, new age church. I don't want none of that. Give me that old time religion. <laughs> yeah, give me that that worked for my great grandmama. Give me that that worked for Maddie Moment, my grandmama. Maddie Pittner. Give me that thing that worked back in the day for them. Yeah. They went on and gave God all they could give him. And when they looked up, their smokehouse was full. All they canning was done. They had all, all kind of jellies and jams and preserves, flowers, all kind of vegetables, fresh. They, they picked the vegetables themselves, washed them and canned them. There's an overflowing of blessings. Why? She worked unto the Lord. She worked until she got tired. She worked until she was sick. She was ready to go. But she asked him, don't let her go without raising up somebody that he chose like he chose her. I want the God that I bow down to in the morning and he show up in the afternoon. And it's not always with materialistic stuff and things, but he show up with the understanding of the scriptures. He show up and teach me how to trust him. He show up and teach me how to love him for real. Show up and how to uh, uh, show me how to let my word be my bond. See, back in the day, they had all of this. If you said something, they banked on it. You could get credit on your word. Let me love your people. I prayed in the morning. I got it in the morning. Lord, don't let me come and give your people nothing of me, but let me come and give them what you said because you know what they need. I don't know. Let me speak positive in their lives. And God, if there's something tragic that they can't handle, use my mouth to give the warning and come behind that and Lord speak strength in their lives. Give them strength. Because what I'm looking at now, the new wave, new age church, I'm looking at this new generation and these people, and some of these people my age, 66, acting like they were born in the 90s. Are you kidding me? We should be leaders, seniors that lead the younger people, the younger women. Yeah, younger women, they call me all the time because they like that laughing I do. 
and they like that talk, I talk. But I tell them the truth. I have them calling me all the time. Miss Barbara, he said this last night. Why would he say that? I said, you took it the wrong way. Well, what do you mean? And when I explained it to them, I said, now, when he get home, explain that back to him and just watch his, his response. Yeah. She said, Miss Barbara, he just grabbed me and hugged me so tight. I was like, I can't breathe. I'm like, well, I'm going to hug you to death. <laughs> All this kind of thing. I give them words to give to him. And they keep speaking it, and then the next thing they know, he's speaking it. Positivity in their marriage. Yeah, all this kind of thing. Because we, the older women and men should be leaders. I shouldn't be walking around with no mini skirt on. I shouldn't have no stilettos clothes so tight. Yeah, I shouldn't be dying my hair. My hair is black and it's beautiful. I love that gray and black thing. Probably this uh, Coretta got it. Ooh! Yeah. So I shouldn't be uh, um, doing what I shouldn't be doing. I should set examples for the world. I'm the light. I'm the candle that sit on the hill that can't be here. So I can't be out here acting like the world and I'm going to lead folks to God. That don't work. Natural and spiritual is always fighting. Carnal and spiritual is always fighting against each other. So ain't no way. And the natural won't please God. You can only please God through the spirit. Spiritual things pleases him. Because why, Barbara? He's a spirit. He told us that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. People don't get that. They don't watch too many ghost movies. They don't saw Ghostbusters. That's some nonsense. That ain't the kind we talking about. Ooh, I'm talking about all power. The spirit that have all power. There's no higher power. I feel all right right there. Amen goes right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm grateful for the spirit of God. Oh, you have no clue. I, if it had not been for the Lord on my side again this morning, where would I be? Oh, but I got him today, and I know where I am in, in him. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Louis go on this morning. He going to make me scream. <laughs> Brother Perry come in, and he said, uh, he said, good morning. And uh, he said he was happy to be here. Uh he said, good to be here in the presence of godly people and fun people. Yeah, we believe in some laughter over here. And Louis will keep me screaming. You hear me? <laughs> he said, I said, Ghostbusters, he said, prayer warriors. Amen, Brother Louis. I am with you when you write this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful unto him today. Well, listen, I am going to uh, one more song. And when we come back, the studio is still open. You still have time. So if you got a testimony, you just want to tell God thank you. Whatever you want to say, feel free again to press that number one and uh, and come in. And uh, we just thank God. We going with the working man, brother Lewis. Go start your work now. <laughs>
Bless, highly favor. Good morning to you, Miss Barbara. First of all, I want to give thanks to God. Thank Him for another day that He may allow me to see. Thank Him for the air and breath of my lungs. Thank Him for the activity of my limbs. Thank Him for 
who he is to me, what he's doing in me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. I thank him for our relationship, for me knowing him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I thank God for this ministry, you, Miss Barbara, and everybody that listening that is connected to this ministry. We just thank God for being able to come together as one on one accord and truly blessed and say good morning to you, Miss Barbara, and good morning to Brother Louis, and Sister Irene, Sister Jerry. Oh, uh, let's see who else. I'll try to remember some names this morning. Oh, uh, shit. Sure. Good morning to uh, um, uh, Mother Dorothy, uh, Sister uh, Brown. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Sister Rita. Good morning, you. Oh, uh, Sister Shante. Let's see. Uh, Brother uh, Perry, Brother Hamilton. Oh, uh, the uh, Mike Hops. I remember that name it stuck in my mind. Uh, who else? Uh, Mother uh, Leafoot and Anna Leafoot. Good morning to y'all this morning. Oh, uh, let's see who else I can remember. Um, that's all I got this morning. I tried to think of some more names, but just good morning, y'all. God bless you. And the ones I didn't call, I I just know I was thinking about you. I just can't get the names. Y'all have a blessed and wonderful day. And I thank God for the word that we're forced to this morning. You know, in the Amen. beginning, what you shared, Miss Barbara, you know, that really opened my eyes on some things. And the Lord just been dealing with me. And, you know, I just got to, you know, continue to stay focused, continue to trust in God, you know, and let him lead and guide my path and direct me, you know, what he has for me. And most of all, just being patient and waiting, you know, and not trying to, you know, do things myself, but let God do it. And like you said, don't seek what, you know, don't always, well, don't listen more say to what man say all the time, but we need to go to God and everything in prayer. That's what he said in his word. So, you know, that's, you know, I'm just having to learn that, you know, a lot of times I got to just, you know, God, God got what he needs for you and going to tell you what he need to be done, you know, but a lot of times we go to other people, you know, in what we're going through, you know, in our lives and want encouragement, you know, as well. But sometimes, you know, we he say come to him, you know. So I just thank God for that and, you know, the wisdom, not to understand that he's given me and he's guiding me. And, again, I just thank God for this ministry and, you know, it's been a blessing to me. And I know everybody out there that listening, that tune in, you know, you, the guy, you doing your work in the ministry, through this ministry, has been a blessing to others. So thank God for what you're doing, and God bless you, and continue to bless you and your family and everybody else. And y'all keep me in y'all prayers, and I keep y'all in mind, and y'all have a blessed mighty day today. Amen. 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 I'm with you when you're right, Brother Anthony, because some of these here crooks, uh, see, I'm say good morning, Brother Anthony. Some of these young crooks, uh-uh, you, and Brother Lewis say good morning, Brother Anthony. You don't want to listen to these folks. They'll lie, mess you up. They want what you after, if I'm honest with you. So you got to be careful trusting these folks. You can trust God. You can trust Jesus. And God and, and, and his son, they won. You can trust them. But I cannot just trust man. I got to see it for myself. Uh-uh. I got to go to God. I get in that word and I research until I find what I need. I'm praying. 
Because, Lord, I want to be right in this hour. I want to make sure I'm doing what you require me to do. What's going to bless me? Because I'm listening to these crooks. I'm not going to be blessed. And some people have to discern the spirit of, of uh, discernment to know you because they've been there and done that. They, they got that same spirit. Uh-huh. They done saw it before, a familiar spirit. Uh-huh. So they can tell you some things because you know, they're familiar with that spirit because they got it. I'm just telling you, you got to be careful. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm careful. And I want to be sure I tell people the right things. I ain't telling nobody to break up and divorce your wife and husband, but look, let it go. Pray. Let it go. Go seek some counsel. Go get a healing. Yeah, ask God to heal you. Not only God, but if you know a good Christian counselor, if you know the pastor is the truth, and not because he done prophesied to you, but you know he stand flat feet and preach the word of God. That's who you want to trust. You don't want to trust in and everybody because they don't love you. And then you want to trust folks that have shown you they love you. Yeah. yeah. I told you, I meet people and, and they come for ministry's sake and I'm trying to be their friend. And we end up being friends. And we understand each other. I got so many children and I love them. And I don't want nothing to happen to nobody. And a lot of them call me, yeah, I'm finna go in. No, you're not finna do that now. What? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Let me talk to you for a minute. I ain't got time. I got to go in. No, you don't. Because if you go in there, I know what you're going to do, and it ain't going to end up good for the other person. And nor you. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned about you right now, so let's talk. They'll sit there. Ah, I done had them talk. Oh, man. You you too nice. You too nice. <laughs> you gonna be nice when I get through with you because I want you to know I love you. I don't want no harm to come to you. And that's why you can wake me up out my sleep two o'clock in the morning with craziness. Because I love you. Hey, I wonder Kevin, now you mad. Yeah, I'm mad. Because I told you don't do that. Didn't I beg you? And you don't want to, now, now here you come, now tell me I need $300. I ain't got no $300 for you. But I'm going to pray. They're going to let you out on your own signature. Okay. <laughs> but I'm I'm still mad with you. Did they call humble? I was thinking about you today and this came up. Yeah, I know it because you know I'm mad. But these people have become my children. And I feel like they my biological. And I and I'm going to give them sound advice, not nothing to hurt them. And I'm going to seek God to see what he's going to do. And I'm praying. Lord, you know you called them to so-and-so, and Lord, you know how they is. And you you made them. You already know what they're doing over there. Lord, fix that for them. And a lot of days it comes to them, they're going to have to go through it two more times. <laughs> no. No, Lord, please. Yeah, just, just a couple of more times, and then they're going to get it right. Okay. Yeah, so I got to have patience. I'm listening. You you told me don't go back in that store. I said, yeah, because they told you out the store. Why are you going back over there on them people's property? That's trespassing. Well, that's the closest store, and I ain't feel like walking way down Crenshaw, this, that, and the other. Okay, then. 
Go back in there again. They're going to rest you. Okay, go back in there because it's going to be a trespass in this time. You know what you need to get it before you go home the day before. You had the money yesterday to buy what you needed. If you know you need two sodas tomorrow, or one soda at least, go on and get it and, and before you get in the house. And then tell me, it's, it's too far. It's hot. I don't want to walk with the stove right there. But you done went in there and clowned in there. Them people scared of you. They don't want you back in their store. And the next time they might shoot you. Stay out of there. Now, you got all kind of situations. Some women, I heard from one yesterday, I needed to spank her a long time ago. Put a cross by me and just spank that behind straight up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you love them. And you want the best for them. And you understand. Yeah. You have to tell them the truth. But you do understand because a lot of things they doing, you done been through it yourself. Been there and done that. And God had to work on you a while. He didn't do it overnight. Now, he that cussing like that. But the men, he didn't take that overnight. It took him a minute. I had to get my mind right and pray right. And then he delivered me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to his majesty. Mm-hmm. But it took me a minute now. I can't just tell you, like, put that down right now. No, you ain't going to put it down right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> it's going to be a little, you know, a little ways up the road before you just put it all the way down. It's been a part of you for so long, too. Yeah. But we pray and God moves. In his timing. And so I, I, some things I wanted to go that same day, but I didn't want it to go bad enough. Yeah. I didn't want the men to go bad enough. I want that cussing now. Bam. Just like that. He took that I really wanted it to go. But the men, it, it didn't happen overnight. I can't tell you that lie. Mm-mm. It took a minute. And to this day, I still love men. I can't help it. Now, I don't fool around. I don't fool around now because I know me too. And see, if I fool around, then the devil going to come in and have a conversation. Now, this time, I'm going to be listening to him. So I I, I don't give way to nothing. No, 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 no. No, brother, man, you just can't sit over here and I don't know you and have no dinner. No, 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 that, that won't work right there. Uh-uh. Yeah. And I... I've had people say, oh, she's gay. Let me tell you something, honey, if you only knew. Watch your husband. Watch your husband. Because he the one gay. He the one uh, uh, switch it off and on and all of this. Not me. I stick with the same gender. Yeah, me. Hey, don't want to look at after they laugh. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, but they don't gay, brother. I can I can't do it. I cannot do it. Yeah. No, no. I'm with you on that. Yes, sir. I got to stay on the straight and narrow. And a woman? Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all got to be kidding me. Woo. So, <laughs> y'all, y'all want me to come unsaved and, and, and commit murder around here or something because I can't play them mm-hmm. games. Play no games <laughs> like that. Ever since I was a little girl, bro, after that, I knew not no boys. I knew I loved men as a little girl. Now, that's mm-hmm. a shame, but it was just in me like yeah, and I wanted to talk to the mans, you know, the men. Mm-hmm. And my dad would watch me for a long time because he wasn't having it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, but that's, that's what he made. And every emotion we have, God gave it to us. 
But now we can use the emotions in the wrong way. But he gave mm-hmm. me the emotion to cry, to feel sad, to feel happy. Yeah, he made me. But now I shouldn't be crying over somebody else's husband. That I shouldn't be doing. And I shouldn't be talking about, that's my husband. And he done married this woman over. No, that's her husband. Yeah. Okay, then. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir, uh, Pastor David. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes they need to. Sometimes they need to. Yeah. Okay, Sister Jerry, I got your message, too. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk. Hallelujah. God is faithful this morning, and I'm so... You know, I wish I could just tell y'all, but I can't. It's, I, I can't say nothing about it. But when I tell you while I'm doing the show something I asked for and was concerned about, God moved on it. Would y'all believe me if I told and moved twice? And one of the ways I was almost speechless because I wasn't looking for that, not today. I might have been looking for it on Friday or, or, yeah, or tomorrow, but not today. But he moved. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something else. I needed some shoes. And um, I was looking, and that was the shoe I wanted. And then he supplied the money to pay for the shoe. And if I didn't have the money, he, he put up after a clama and a couple of things where I could just go on and make two payments and be done. Isn't that something? He's an amazing God. Listen, listen, let's pray. We're going to pray out and we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And listen, today y'all give somebody a scripture. Take time and pray with somebody. It may be somebody you ain't talked to in a while. A family member, an old friend, a co-worker, a past, somebody. Y'all take time today to pray for them here. And if you can pray for them over the phone or in person, that's even the better. Yeah. Because, look, uncommon blessings is falling. And I want y'all to give God something to really work with. Yeah. I haven't seen that George West Perry. I've seen them blessings falling. Oh, I saw, ooh, let me rub his name with my finger. <laughs> But look, now nah, I'm just joking around with that. But uncommon blessings coming your way. So if I was you, I would begin to praise God and I would begin to look at my black book or my scrapbook or wherever you keep your numbers and see who you haven't talked to in a while. And just call him and say, I just called to check on you and tell you, you know, God love you. I love you. It's been a while. And, you know, I haven't forgotten you, but, you know, I, I just wasn't on a regular, you know, calling. But anyway... God bless you. Yeah, something like that and get on off the phone, go to the next, or tell them, I got one more person to call or a list of people I'm calling today to encourage. So we'll talk again, that kind of thing. Yeah, but God want to send them blessings away quick. Yeah, quick. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all you've done already. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for being our God. You are our God. You're all we really have. Because natural things, materialistic things, stuff and things are going to pass away. But, Father, you'll always be there. When we leave here, we can't take nothing but you. And you take us to a place of safety. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise this morning. But, Father, there's none like you. 
Uh, we worship you in spirit and in truth. There's no other way to worship you. We lift up the name of Jesus. For it's a name, Father, where the righteous can be saved. It's the only name under heaven where men can be saved. Men and women, and we thank you this morning. Father, I ask this morning that you would bless every caller today, every listener. Pour out your spiritual blessings upon them today, uncommonly, God. Lord, raise them up in you. Raise them up in your word. Give them a hunger and a thirst after righteousness like never before, after your word, after the spirit of you. Do it today. For, Lord, give them a mind to work unto you. For, Lord, if they do it, you're going to reward them mightily. Things they never thought they could have, God, you will open a door and make a way. They won't even remember they asked for it. But, Father, you'll begin to move because you remember. Oh, we thank you today that your eyes are in every place. You're beholding the evil and the good. And vengeance is yours today, no matter who has done us wrong. Lord, you'll take care of it because we're yours. Bless those that are coming through the podcast and the archives. Lord, move for their families and friends as well. Bless them financially with uncommon blessings. Lord, for taking the time to come to take a listen. In the name of Jesus. And this morning again as we depart, Father, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory. By your son, Christ Jesus. Father, I ask that you would pour out financial blessings that they'll be able to share with others in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And your word said we have not because we ask not. And Father, we don't believe we're asking amiss, but we are asking according to your word. And we thank you today. Uh, We give you glory. Hallelujah. Hey, we give you honor and praise. And Father, we ask again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. March the 29th, 2023 in Jesus' So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and have a blessed day. We're going to our last song of the morning. Y'all already know. I'm going to have to take it out, though, but uh, I get a lot of requests for this one right here.